Thank you for joining in on tonight. This is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson, coming to you by way of Anchor Podcast. Glory to God. Tonight we are talking about the prevailing power of the Word of God. And we will be looking at the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, where Timothy was warning about the coming apostasy. He was warning about the fact that many doctrines, many different things will present themselves in the last days. We know that the last days refers to and is denoting the period of time from when Jesus ascended to the time when he returned. So that proves that we are, in fact, in the last days. Second Timothy, it says, This know also that in the last days, which is the time right now, perilous times shall come. That means it, it, it is inevitable that things are going to be going on. We're going to be seeing some stuff. It says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boisterous, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, Fears, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Look at what verse 5 says. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do those who resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, affliction, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, this passage of scripture right here, it, it goes hand in hand with what was being said in the book of Revelations regarding the church of Philadelphia. Basically, God was letting mankind know through the angel that he spoke to John and he was saying, listen, y'all, in the last, now I'm paraphrasing it, in the last days, a lot of stuff is going to be going on. Timothy 
had even forewarned of it before it was even revelated in the end through an angel. He said, in the last days, you're going to start seeing a bunch of stuff. People are not going to be concerned about each other. They're not even going to be concerned about God, their walk with God, none of that. It says they're going to wax old. They're going to be false accusers and contentious fears and all of that. But John was encouraging the believer to remain faithful to God, no matter what was going on in the world around him, no matter what was happening, no matter what he was seeing, no matter what other people were doing, he was encouraging them, listen, remain faithful to God because in your remaining faithful to God, God's favor will shine and rest upon you. Just like I stated when I first started out on tonight, to prevail, I'm talking about the prevailing word of God and how the word of God, because it is supreme, because there is no higher power or nothing that is, can supersede what God says in his word, we know that when we take the word of God and we apply it to our situations that we face, when we take the word of God and we apply it to what we see, we can be assured that something will happen and that something that will happen is that the hand of God will move in the midst of that situation. We, sit, we tend to find that in the prevailing word of God, it proves that whatever force is in effect, the word of God has the ability to nullify it. We're talking about the prevailing word of God. Now here in the book of Timothy, Timothy was letting them know, he said, listen, in spite of the persecutions, verse number 11, in spite of the afflictions which came unto me, he was telling them, I've been through some stuff too. I'm telling you all on the line on tonight. I've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. We've all been through some stuff. And we all have suffered for the cause of Christ, for the cause of serving him. You have to go through some things for suffering him. He said, but the word, the word is going to be what is going to keep you in these terrible times that we are now in. Outside of the word of God, outside of having that strong foundation that we've been talking about, your walk with God is going to be very, very difficult because there's nothing that can keep you grounded other than what God says in his word. So I want to encourage you all. I am pushing for you all to fall in love with the word of God. If you're reading a version of the Bible that you just do not understand, get you a message Bible, get you an NIV Bible, get you a Bible version that you can understand. Sit and read it and ask God to give you an understanding of his word. Even Timothy was talking about, he said they are ever learning, yet they are never coming into the knowledge of truth. Verse number seven, that's what he said. That means that we can study the word, we can look at the word, we can be taught the word, but unless that word become a part of who we are and we absorb that as that's the truth, if God said it, that settles it. The word of God denotes the place of, de of debate. There is no room for debate in the word of God. There's no room for dispute in the word of God. The word of God it is the fin finality of what God would say concerning any situation. Now, the word takes the place of the unseen Christ. We know that we do not actually see Christ today walking around in the earth realm with us. However, we know that he is the living word. His word became alive when he came and he dwelt among us. In the book of Acts, chapter number 19, the Bible says, So mightily grew the word of the Lord, and it prevailed. 
That when it says, so grew the word of God, that is that sanctification process where you are growing more and more in the word of God. It is critical that we as believers grow in the word of God. We will not, we ought not to be always drinking milk our whole spiritual life in our walk with God. But at some point we graduate to the meat of the word. That's what the apostle Paul was talking about right here. He says, so mightily grew the word of the Lord and it prevailed through that sanctification process. That's where we come to understand the rulership of the word. That's where we come to realize the authority of God's word. We see in the book of in Ephesians how when Paul was talking to the Ephesus church, Paul was preaching and teaching the word of God. He wasn't teaching his opinion of a thing. He wasn't teaching how he felt. He was giving the unadulterated word of God, not adding anything to it and not taking any way, anything away from it. He was giving the people the word of God and it grew in the mind of the people. Acts chapter 12, 24 says, but the word of God grew and it multiplied. The more of the word of God that you get, the more that you're going to want the word of God. And the more that you want and desire the word of God, that is that you're craving and wanting even the more of God. And God will always come through in the midst of the persecutions, in the midst of the afflictions, in the midst of the famines in the midst of the trials and the tribulations that you're going through. Begin to speak the word. Come out of agreement with what the situation looked like and come into agreement with what God says in accordance to his word. So then how are you going to take that word and make it come alive in you by faith? We know that in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number one, it says now faith. That means at this moment in time right here. Faith is what you believe. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Even though you don't see everything that God said in his word, because God said it, you can bank on it that it is assured. It is a sure thing. So when God said it in his word, by his stripes you were healed or that you are healed, then we need to know and understand that in spite of the fevers, in fight of the colds, in fight of whatever is going on in these physical bodies that we live in, these fleshly bodies that we live in, the word of God is the absolute truth. There is truth. The truth is, yes, you may have a fever, but the absolute truth of the thing is, is that by his stripes, I'm already healed. That's the absolute truth. Now, that is the truth that the Bible is, is, is given when it says, that the word is the truth. Jesus is the truth. That means that even though a situation may look one way, but God guarantees victory, how? In accordance to his word. We're talking all tonight about the power of the prevailing word. That is the most effective weapon against anything that you may have to deal with in this thing that we call life is the word of God. The prevailing word, that means it is not going to return unto us void, but it is going to do whatever it is that we send it out to do according to our faith. 
Are you working your faith on tonight in the midst of your situations that you're dealing with, in the midst of what you're going through? Are you focusing on the truth that, yes, this thing is transpiring, or are you focusing on the absolute truth that God says in his word, the prevailing truth, which is the absolute truth of a thing, that this is what God says. And because God says it, it denotes what I see right now. That is what that faith that the Apostle Paul was talking about. That faith that the size of a mustard seed. That, that faith that I can speak the word and it's going to nullify every attack of the adversary. I, I have enough faith to God. Where is your belief system on tonight? What are you believing? Are you believing what God says in his word as being the ruling authority? Do you believe that? You've got to believe that. So in the book of Matthew, chapter number 8, verse 23 through 27, we see the word prevailing in Jesus' lips over the laws of nature. Remember he said, oh, ye have little faith. He was letting them know that they don't believe what he's saying according to his word. He said, y'all are worried about the storm, but I'm, I can speak to the storm and say, be still. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calmness that came on it. Are you using the word of God on tonight to calm the storms that come in your life? Are you rebuking the winds that are coming in your life, that are tossing you to and fro, that situation, that, that circumstance that you don't have the ability in your own strength to change? I want to encourage you that the word of God can prevail over that situation if you speak the word of God and you believe it as being the final say. When you get a negative report, do you look at that report and say that this is absolute truth? Or do you look at that report and say, I believe the report of the Lord. That even though this may say this, but God, you said that. And because you said that, I choose to believe what you say as the prevailing finality of a thing. Glory to God. That word, I'm telling you, it can cause things to come into obedience with God. When you speak the word of God over a situation. The word of God prevailed in Matthew 8, 5 through 12. When, when the word, when Jesus, when he spoke it. He spoke over the, the centurion's servant that was diseased. He spoke and then the servant was healed. In Matthew 14, 13 through 21, the word that Jesus spoke ruled the law of supply and demand. Look at how God took that word and that word multiplied once again. He took five little fish, five little loaves of bread and two little fish and it multiplied and it fed 5,000 people. And not only did it feed 5,000, there were 12 baskets of fragments that were left over. Can you imagine that? Take That requires faith to speak the word and say, God, I believe that this little that I have right here will supply the needs of your people. God said in his word that I shall supply all of your needs. How? According to my riches and glory. So when you have a need, are you speaking the word of God over it? Or are you looking at the situation as if there's no hope to it? 
John 1, 1 through 3. We talked about John last week. But again, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was who? God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that had been made. God honors human language, what we say, what we speak. In the beginning, God spoke, and it was. What are you speaking? Are you speaking the word that is infallible, or are you speaking how you feel? Are you speaking out of your emotions? Are you speaking what the adversaries say? What are you speaking? And when, and when God spoke, the whole universe was brought into being just by his words. It started out a spirit was in Genesis 1 when it says, And the spirit of the Lord hoovered over the face of the earth. The earth was void and without form. When you speak the word even in a void situation that is without form, you may not know how that situation is going to turn out. It may be empty. It may be that all you see is darkness around you when it comes to that particular situation. But I encourage you on tonight, speak the word to that situation and watch the light of God come in and illuminate that situation. Glory be to God. The word of God, because God is spirit, it creates material things proven that the spirit is greater than the material aspect of a thing. So therefore, the spirit is greater than what we see in the physical. The spirit is greater than what we feel in the flesh. So because God is spirit and his word, he is the word and the word was in him. When we speak the word, we're speaking spirit into the atmosphere. So we're giving back to the father that in which he released unto us. And God has to honor his word. So that's why it's important that we stay in the spirit. Because if we stay in the spirit, we will begin to walk by the spirit. That's what he was talking about to the Roman church, the Apostle Paul. He said, listen, y'all, y'all got to stay in the spirit. Because when you walk in the spirit, you can't glorify your flesh. That means that you won't come into agreement with things so easily that present themselves before you. But when you stay in the spirit, that will keep your mindset in the perspective that I got to trust God and his word. I got to speak the word. I got to get to the word to see what the words say. How many times do we develop that motto? I got to get to the word to see what the words say. When things happen in life, when situations come up, how many times do we say, let me go get my word and see what the words say? Or are we quick to follow our flesh? Well, I got to call a postal. Well, I got to check and see what little Jojo say. I got to check with this one. I got to tell this one. I got to tell that one. And nothing is wrong with telling people so that they can touch and agree with you. But I'm saying the supreme, ultimate, prevailing thing that's going to prevail in any situation is going to be what? The word. So before we do anything else, let's develop the habit of going to the word and see what God says. When you get disappointing news, go to the word of God and see what God says. When things don't go how you feel it ought to go, go to the word of God and see what God says. You don't want to know something that is 100% infallible? The word of God is 100% infallible. It's a book of prophetic words that God spoke unto his people. If you want to know what God is saying unto you, 
Go to the word. If you want to know how God feels about a situation, go to the word. It's in there. And if you don't have a dictionary and you don't have a concordance, I encourage you to get one. Invest in yourself with God. Invest in your walk with God. How can you study the word of God if you don't know the word of God? You don't have the right tools. You don't have the right resources that you need. So when you go through here and you read something, you don't understand what you're reading and it goes, that could be that God may be trying to speak to you in reference to your situation. Pick up a dictionary if you don't know what a word means and look it up and see what that word means. Get in the habit, people of God, of, of studying the word to show yourselves approved. I cannot iterate or focus on that enough. Right here, Timothy was telling him, you're going to come into a perilous time. It's going to be some serious stuff going on. And even on today when I was at work and I was sitting at my desk and I was just talking to the Lord, God, what is it that you want me to teach your people about on tonight? He said, continue to push the importance of getting in the word of God because it's my word that is going to last. Prophecy will fade away. Gifts will fade away. Reports, negative reports will fade away. Good reports will fade away. But the word of God will last forever and ever and ever. It's everlasting. Now that's absolute truth. Glory to God. Yes, truth is we are in perilous times. The Bible tells us that it, therefore it is inevitable. Whatever the Bible tells us, people of God, when we get that understanding that some of, some of what is going on now is just that the Bible is fulfilling itself. And when you come to understand that the Bible is fulfilling itself, the focus will be shifted from people to the situation that is at hand. And look how the enemy works in a thing. He will cause man to be at enmity with man, but the fact of the matter is, it don't have nothing to do with man. It's all about the transactions that are taking place in the realm of the spirit Due to the word of God that was spoken, telling us that these things were going to happen and that at the appointed time, we will know so that we will know what to do and how to handle ourselves effectively. And that, you know, in the Bible, it lets us know that all of these things are going to happen. We cannot get away from these things happening. So when we see all this stuff that is going on, people are lovers of themselves that Timothy talks about right here. We see covetousness, jealousy, enviousness, strife, all that stuff going on. Boisters of themselves, proud. People don't think they need God anymore. People don't think they need the word anymore. I talk to so many people on a daily basis and don't you know people don't even have, feel that they need Bible study anymore because they're proud and they have become prideful. They're blasphemers. They're disobedient. Children now are disobedient to their parents. They're unthankful. They're not, you know, the more they get, the more they want. Unholy. What happened to holiness? All of this, y'all, is in the Word. We're seeing that. 
But look at what Timothy told them. He told them by the time you get down to verse 16, he says, up until you get down to 16, he's letting them know that the word of God is basically going to be what's going to keep you. He said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And he said, it is profitable for doctrine. That means it is to our advantage to get to know the word of God for ourselves. It is to our advantageous to do that. If we don't know the word of God, we will come into agreement with just about anything if it sounds good. It says it's for reproof, it's for correction, it's for instructions in righteousness. God will tell us what to do in his word. He will tell us how to do it. He will tell us why it's important that we do it. But we have to be faithful to read and to study the word of God. The word of God, the thing about the word of God, y'all, is that it gives us hope and it gives and it encourages our faith. When we say that we have hope, that means that there's a feeling of expectation or a feeling of trust. That's what the word of God will do with us. It gives us hope knowing that we can have an expected end, that no matter what we're dealing with, we're going to come out of it. That's what the word of God assures us. When we stay faithful, we're talking about the Philadelphia church now and how it's important that we stay grounded in the word of God so that we can remain faithful to God in the midst of adverse times, in the midst of the perilous times. When we have that word of God on the inside of us, no matter what come our way, you will be able to stand against the wiles of the wicked one. When you got the word of God, you can fear not because you know that God is always with you. Even though you're going through some stuff, you can fear not because you know that the hand of God is going to prevail concerning you. Hope always is referring to an appointed time and a future. Now, when we activate our faith with our hope, it will cause us to bring whatever it is that we are believing God to do into the realm of now. Now. That's why when Paul was talking to the Hebrews, he said, now faith is. He didn't say that it will be if faith is. He said, now that is the present. That even though I don't see a thing, I believe it by faith. Even though you may be believing God to turn some things around, you may not see it yet. But your hope is in Jesus Christ and his what? His righteousness. Knowing that as long as you live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto God, God is obligated to come through for you. It's just that when we waver in our faith, and we waver in our belief system. And we waver in reading and studying the word of God. That's when your faith will begin to diminish. And the hope will begin to lift off of you. Now I'm looking at the situation. My focus is shifted back to the burden that is at hand. Because I don't have the word of God. Which is my shield and my buckler. The word of God is your shield. And it is also your buckler. So when we talk about our faith and how hope, when it's activated with the word of God, it causes things to come in the realm of the presence. What exactly does realm, R-E-A-L-M, mean? Realm is the region or the sphere or the domain within which anything can occur. 
So when you're talking about God and his word and how we have to walk in the spirit. And how when we talk about walking in the realm of the spirit, that is that place where we are most influential. So when you're taking the word of God, which is derived from spirit, and you're speaking it, or you're believing it, at that point you're activating whatever it is that you are believing God to do in the realm of the spirit. And therefore, it manifests over into the realm of the natural. Now, the word is going to be what keep you in the realm of possibilities, in that sphere where it gives God the opportunity to move on your behalf. We find that in Romans chapter number four, verse number 19, it says, and without being weakened in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead. He being about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Right here in this particular passage of scripture, we find that they weren't looking at the fact that Sarah was almost 100 years old. It's truth that that's how old she was. But the absolute truth of Sarah's situation was that God had promised her a child. She had not yet conceived that child. But because she received it in the realm of possibilities... Look at how when you receive the word in the realm of possibility, it means that all things are possible if you believe. Sarah believed God and she's held fast to the word that he gave her, which was spoken. And because of her faith and her hope in the supreme God, it became a reality. When the word of God becomes a reality, it becomes absolute truth. Now, we talked about what is truth and what is absolute truth. Truth is what you can see with your current eye. Absolute truth is what God said in accordance to his word. What takes truth and make it absolute truth is your faith and your hope in God. Now, when we talk about the word of God and having the word of God in our mouth, what is in your mouth? The Bible tells us the power of life and death lies in your tongue. So when you take the word of God and you put it in your lips and you let it come through your mouth, then you are activating what you believe in the realm of the spirit, whether it is good or whether it is bad. That's why a lot of times you can speak and it becomes a reality. The thing that people don't understand is, is that when a word is spoken out into the atmosphere, the thing about the spirit realm is what is spoken goes up to, it's like 11 feet in, in the perimeter, that it will go up into the atmosphere. That means that it will go up and it will begin to dominate its surrounding. So when you speak the word of God, it's going to dominate your surrounding and it will make everything within its early or its wavelength to be able to pick it up in the frequency of the spirit. So the word of God is powerful. That's why the Lord has been saying to us, 
What frequency are you tuned into? When you are tuned into the frequency of what God says in his word, it is going to cause everything around you to change. So focus tonight on what you are speaking. Are you speaking the word of God? Now, Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse number 49, he said, For I spake not from myself, but from the Father that sent me. He had given me a commandment that I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life eternal. The things, therefore, which I speak, even as the Father has said unto me, so I speak it. You can see Jesus' fearlessness in the presence of disease, and you can see his fearlessness in the presence of demons. Why? Why was Jesus so powerful? Why was his ministry so firmament that it caused sickness to leave? It caused diseases to leave. It caused demons to flee. It caused storms to cease to exist. Why? Because he was speaking the word, which was absolute truth that's why his ministry was so powerful that is one of the reasons why satan don't want you to get the word because he know that if he get if you get the word and it get rooted in you what's in you is going to be what's going to come out of you and when you begin to speak the word he become powerless against you why walk around in fear when you got the word of god he said i don't give you a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and what? Of a sound mind. Because God knew that you were going to need your mind to be able to stand against the wiles of the wicked one. That's why he said, I'm not giving you any fear. All that fear is false evidence that is appearing real. But when you begin to speak the word of God, the spirit of fear will lift off of you. It will lift off of your life. It will lift off of your family. It will lift off of your children. Jesus was fearless. In 2 Timothy 4 and 2, he said, Preach the word. Be urgent. In season and out of season. He said, be urgent. That means we should be in a hurry to do a thing and speak the word. We should be in a hurry to speak the word to situations. We should be in a hurry to speak the word of God to the people that are in need. It should be important to us, is what Timothy was saying. That's why he said, Preach the word, be urgent, in season. That means when it's conducive as well as out of season, when it's not conducive. He said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and what? Teaching. Jesus preached the word and it healed the sick. It broke the power of demons over men. The apostles preached the word. And the sick were healed and the dead rose and the multitudes were recreated. To preach the word simply mean to preach Christ. Because Christ is the word. Glory be to God. To preach the gospel means to preach the word. And what is the gospel? The good news. So we as the people of God should be releasing the good news. We should be releasing the gospel over our situation we should be preaching the word over our situations if you're in a financial crisis right now preach the word to your person say i command you to be full of, of money preach the word 
over your body and said, I command you in the name of Jesus to be healed. Preach the word, speak the word, give the word, rebuke the enemy when he show up and try to tell you things that are contrary to the word. Re reprove of those things that don't come into alignment with God and then exhort God, give God the glory and the honor because even if he don't do it, we know his word is still what? It is supreme. It is absolute truth. His word is the prevailing factor that is going to bring you out of situations. The prevailing word is going to be what's going to open doors for you that no man can shut. The word of God is going to be what is going to bring you through that valley of the shadow of the death. The reproved word, the, the preached word, the prevailing word is going to be what is going to help you to fret not yourself because of evildoers. It's going to be the word, y'all, that is going to keep you in the midst of these perilous times that Timothy was talking about. The word is even going to make you to be able to show your brothers and your sisters love. The word of God will help you to be able to love even the unlovable. When we say until the word prevail that John 13, 34, and 35 was talking about, it said, will never be known in the world. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, all men shall know that ye are my disciples, if you love one another. It did not say in their like. Hallelujah. It said, but we must love. It is a commandment. It's not a choice. The word of God will show us when we are in error. The word. So when we say we don't like people, when we say we better be careful, y'all, because the Bible says that it is a commandment that you love one another. We must show each other love. Didn't say I have to like you. Didn't I say that I have to eat at your table. Didn't I say we have to be best friends. But I have to, according to the word of God, show you love. It's a commandment. When we say in the Bible that it's written as a commandment, that means that this is a precept that God honors and he will not break his precepts based on how we feel. Based on how we feel. The word of God is not going to change, y'all, based on the fact that I may be having a good day today and today I can show you love, but tomorrow I can't love you because I already don't care for you and today is just not a good day. No. The Bible says that we must love one another. And it's not based on when or how, but it is a commandment. So that means at all times. The word of God must be followed the same way at all times. The word will make us to become conquerors. That's why the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 3 and 31, For ye are yet carnal. That means we're ruled by our senses. For whereas there is among you jealousy and strife, are ye not carnal? And do ye not walk after the manner of men? How many believers, because of the word, does not prevail in them, live based on their common senses? Disease and sickness prevail over them because they do not walk in the light of the word of God. The word says that God is a healer. But how many people believe it? More people believe medicine over what the word of God says. We choose to believe a lot of things, y'all, over what God says in his word. We believe truth more than we believe absolute truth.
Why? Because we're basing a thing on what we can see. That's when we rely on our natural senses to, to help us to walk in victory. Glory be to God. Colossians 1 and 13 becomes a reality when it says, Who delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have our redemption? Delivered out of weakness, delivered out of spiritual blindness, delivered out of the old mental state of inability, we can now do all things in Christ because he become our ability when we rely on his prevailing word. To bring this all together on tonight and to bring it to a close before I open the line up for questions. When we are faithful to God, we keep the word of God before us. Just like John and the angel was talking about in the book of Revelations. God will grant you favor when you are faithful unto him. God will grant you favor when you are faithful to study his word. God will grant you favor when you are faithful to remind him of what he said in his word. I encourage you on tonight. Fall in love with the word. Make it a priority to see what God says so that you can follow his precepts according to his word. Not focusing on truth of what you see. But focusing on absolute truth that this is what God's word says. And as you do that, the word of God will prevail in your life. When I say prevail, once again, I mean that the word of God will show itself to be more powerful to you than any opposing force that come against you. Not only that, but it will become widespread in you. And it will remind you that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God. Thank you for joining me on tonight on the moment of deliverance. Glory to God. This is your host and founder, Apostle Dr. Myrtle Johnson, coming to you by Anchor Podcast. Feel free to join me each Wednesday night right back here on podcast. If you're interested in fellowshipping with us, you're welcome to join us on any Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for Sunday school or either at 11 o'clock a.m. for our Sunday morning worship services. Our overseeing founder is Apostle Keith Johnson. Grace and Mercy Outreach Ministries is located at 6701 Cole Harbor Road in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Zip code 23111. Join us on Facebook at Bishop Keith Myrtle Johnson. Join us on the internet at www.graceandmercyom.org. Feel free to look us up, hashtag and share this message with somebody on tonight. And it is my prayer that the word of God will become the prevailing factor in your life. Until next time, be blessed. Glory to God.